Welcome to the Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett. And this episode is part two of the special edition with Daniela Riff. I'm joined by my co-host, Laura Bennett and Daniela, of course. And in this episode, we really dissect some of the career highlights for Daniela, of which there's been so many. Um, We discuss her future and then we end with some really short and fast questions, some of which were simply fun and others that required a little bit more of self-reflection. But it's a really great episode and I hope you enjoy it. But before we go on, a little bit of housekeeping. Again, I got to thank you for listening and sharing the show. You're doing me a huge favor by doing that. And if you're enjoying the show, again, please support the show sponsors, Athletic Greens, uh, Form Swim Goggles and Hyperice. They're all wonderful products. Now, I hope you enjoy this second part to Daniela Riff. Laura and I both truly thought this was a magnificent conversation with a true champion. Remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. A quick mini break. I really want to encourage you to do something special for yourself and sign up for Athletic Greens and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. If you want to see all your key metrics like your pace, distance, stroke rate, and heart rate while you're swimming, you need the Form Smart Swim goggles. Go to formswim.com forward slash Greg. That's formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off. Or you can use code Greg15 at checkout. Take advantage of the great sale going on now at Hyperice. Plus, get 10% off all Hyperice products using the exclusive Greg Bennett Show discount code GREG21 at checkout. Go to hyperice.com and use code GREG21. You've obviously had, like I said in the introduction, so much success. Is there, if I said to you, is there certain moment career highlights? Let's call it that. Are there career highlights? Are there events that really stand out to you? Uh, that you, I mean, you mentioned the 08 Olympics and coming seventh, and that was probably an above where you thought you were type performance. Are there other events that kind of stand out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a few, there's a lot, but I mean, if I like, know, if I had to stand out, I mean, not, not not always that you have to win them. I think I had races no, well, no. which I didn't win, where I was really proud of, um, like 2014, the Kona race for me was uh, I thought it was a great race, and I I was really proud with my because I was not afraid. And I think that's when, when once you, I find it um, quite dangerous when you get good, you, when you start to be afraid of losing, that's like the end. Um, mm-hmm. I've, uh, yeah, also talked about that with Brett a lot and to just not, it's hard, it's easy, it's hard or it's wrong to say you don't care if you don't win, because of course you care, but not making it a must. And I feel when you can do that, like I did in uh, 14, I, I mean, there I didn't really care. I just went hard. Um, that that race, uh, I thought I was really, I don't know, I just really was proud of the effort. Um, mm. And in general, I think it's often, it should be the effort you count. I mean, it's the effort you, you put in that you can, you know, also influence. Um, and so, for example, yeah, 2010, I would definitely look back to one of the best races I had in Seoul. Um, being, I mean, I'm not really, I would say I'm an okay runner, but I mean, against Emma Snowsill and Emma Moffat, Nicholas Birig and all the ones, they were all there and that I could outrun them. That's like, 
I've, that would be like on my really top list. <laughs> that was we we, we uh, actually have written on our show notes here. Uh, we've that we've loved your Iron Man career and all your seventy point three world titles. <laughs> and that you know, it's funny, Daniela, when when you started to dominate Iron Man, people were like, "Where did this girl come from? What, what's going yeah. on here?" And I always send them back. I said, "Just go check out 2010 Soul WTS. It is one of the most phenomenal ITU races that I've seen." Oh, thank you. And absolutely, and just because you know, at that time, um, Emma Emma Moffat was kind of winning a lot. Emma Snowsill was, you know, I think she won worlds in 2010. Well, she right? was the Olympic champion too well, in 08. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah, okay. And then, um, yeah, but I think, and even in that race, you know, Emma Moffat had won so many, I think back to back and there were so many, she went out fast and then you guys kind of came back at her and then, you know, Nicola drew you guys back in, I think a little bit. I mean, you can run down the race for us, but um, and then you ended up with a sprint finish with Barbara, right? And it was just really exciting. Oh, and racing. and a and a thirty three twenty three for the ten k exactly in, yeah. in the heat of Seoul. It really was. I mean, Laura and I, yeah, I have always, loved watching you, but we always come back to it. Go, actually, that's our favorite. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely also my favorite race. I mean, I got sick for one and a half years after that race by swimming in that <laughs> yes. river, but it was totally worth it. <laughs> well, I actually wanted to touch back on that because I remember you talking about well. I remember talking to you around that time and you were saying how you've, you've got some stomach bug and you just can't get rid of it. But the only thing you can drink is Red Bull or Coca-Cola. I can't remember. Which one it was. <laughs> was it, really? Was it? I don't remember that actually. Yeah. I had a hard time. I was really trying to, I felt it was really horrible, like being an athlete. And then I've just felt nauseous, like all the time, like literally all the time. And when I would push over like a certain amount of, like heart rate of a certain amount of, of, I would get like so nauseous. I just wanted to lie on the floor. So I had to like kind of find a way to trick myself to being able to train a little bit, or I just tried to, you know, but with, it was very hard with food to find something that would, you know, I could, could eat or drink. And, um, yeah, there was, I mean, I, it, I think not knowing what it was, was the hardest part because it just, no one would know and everyone or, people would or some people would say oh it's just mentally and yeah I don't think I mean in the end it's yeah it was not mentally I mean in the end they found out what it was and with the treatment it took forever but it it eventually got away so um yeah I would I would not change it because it also opened me up lots like helped me to actually that's why I started studying you know I I started my bachelor's back then and um, yeah, also realizing actually I wanted to be a bit more at home um, after that. I definitely was a part I learned and to also be patient. Like I was never patient, but in these one and a half years, I definitely showed some patience because, yeah, I, I, I just had to wait. Like I had, I remember I had days, I was in Australia uh, with a really nice homestay and some nice training partners and we had a great time. And I I was literally like, I could just stare at the wall. I was so tired. I I could, I would get up one day, I remember, and I would go in the car and try and go for, for a swim. And by the time I went to the pool, I got so tired. It was like a three or 4K drive that I went straight back home again because I couldn't get out of the car. I was so tired. And I mean, that showed me really like how much, how important the immune system is. You know, my, my, uh, my stomach or I had this, the bacteria overgrowth and the candida and everything so it was really 
like it was just yeah, my my whole body was just not working anymore and as an athlete to to not being able to train at all for a while is or for so long and or and trying to push and then not being able to push hard which kind of felt like I didn't want it hard enough I was kind of I'm always trying to first find the mistakes at myself so I was like oh maybe I'm just lazy or maybe I'm just not hungry enough anymore for for you know to push hard but yeah that's you know these self thoughts um can then also be quite hard and yeah definitely happy I, I went through that and didn't give up there I'm actually surprised I didn't give up earlier because it was a long time I I felt like not really not really going anywhere yeah it's amazing how professional athletes think we all kind of think okay once we're getting so fit and so strong and you're training every day you feel like you're invincible but at the same time you're just tearing ourselves to pieces you can't imagine like how how um what what we're actually doing to our bodies and i can i can understand that you know probably with we we probably all suffer from something like leaky gut where you know you're you're your immune system is 70 to 80% of your, um, your gut is 70 to 80% of your immune system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we don't keep that intact and I don't think we ever really think about it because we think, oh, we're fit. So we're healthy, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it really comes back to kind of keeping in check with all of that. I think to stay on the right track. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you've gone through, like I said earlier, you've had these one and a half year segments you know, yeah. you had that yeah. and then had the, the COVID year, which thankfully I don't think you've had COVID, have you? I, I mean, no, I didn't. It sounds very similar to actually what you did have though, because we did have COVID and what you described is kind of how I felt. You're like, is it just me? Yeah, it feels um, like a chronic fatigue. But but it, it is that kind of, yeah, that kind of fatigue. But there's also one other race. We're talking about some of the highlights mm-hmm. of your career. Um, it's, it'd be wrong of us to just breeze straight over 2018 um, and your Ironman world championship win there was that a day where it just i mean apart i mean i was going to say where nothing happened but it starts off with a jellyfish sting <laughs> yeah. where you lose probably five minutes i would say off your potential swim is that about right yeah possibly uh, yeah yeah i mean well it felt like went, 20 minutes i felt like it <laughs> took me two hours to do that swim <laughs> oh my god i mean we were all watching going well well where is she I mean, because I think, what did you swim, 57 minutes or something? I don't know, yes, yeah. I, I, I actually don't know either, somebody's <laughs> going to tell me. Um, but then, you know, you've gone and, and, and ridden, you know, a four-hour 26 bike, which is insane, everybody. That's over 40 kilometers an hour, and that includes, you know, getting on and off the bike and everything else about it. Wow. I mean, was it, one, once you got going, was it just a, what was that day like? Yeah, I mean, that would definitely be the craziest race of my life and also um like one I'm definitely one of um the proudest um because it was I mean I actually when I look back at I mean I always had every race there was something that happened it's almost in every race it's, it's just how you hide it and how how good you cover it or how good you deal with the problem mm-hmm. but I mean the problem in a in the jellyfish race in 2018 in Kona was definitely in, yeah, like not to hide. And, um, I think it's when I, it's kind of interesting, like how also the mental part played a role there because I felt really fit and I was quite ready. I felt quite excited about the race and, and then, yeah, I mean, this happened uh, just like a few minutes before the start and I just tried to 
talked myself into that it didn't happen. Say, no, no, this is just a little, it's just a bit warm now, you know. <laughs> it was burning like hell, but I just tried to convince myself it's just, you know, like a little bit warm under my arms and that will fire me up. And, oh. you know, I, I obviously I couldn't really convince, I mean, it was then eventually not really to hide, but yeah, like so many things go through your head when you have like moments like this. And there, I remember I had, I thought to actually just, you know, wave to the, the longboards because they were just next to me and I felt like I was about to drown. And then I thought like, well, what if I stop now? What happens? So I actually went that way and said, okay, now then you're going to finish and uh, you're not going to finish the race. Then you're going to ho go home to the hotel and you're going to cry. Well, that's really not so great. So I thought, no, I don't want that. So I kept swimming. And then also I thought like, yeah, all the effort, you know, my team, my coach, um, my family, they actually they came to Kona to watch me. Um, everyone still puts in effort. So you can't just like not finish. It's just, it's just not acceptable. And so it's funny when I actually decided not to quit from there, it got better because then I had a plan. I just wanted to get out of that water. And that was my, that was my only goal. And it's funny when you, when you change your goals, like, I mean, obviously when I was at the start line, my goal was to win, but I went from that goal to, I just want to get out of the water somehow. That was like my only goal. And then I'll see what happens. <laughs> so I did that and I reached that goal. And then, no, and actually I say, I told myself, I'm going to finish whatever it takes. I'm going to, even if it's nine, uh, 19 hours, I probably would not have been able to make this time. But then the 17, I think is the time slot, right? So yeah, I, I, th I, I said, even if it takes 17 hours, I'm going to finish that race. So that was, from then I knew, okay, then you might as well just push a bit because it's going to take forever otherwise. And so I went out of the water and I changed and I checked the situation and you didn't look, I mean, it might actually, to be honest, when I swam, I thought my arm was like thick as like my leg, but it wasn't, it didn't look that bad. It was just burning. So I was like, okay, come on. It's not, it doesn't look nor It doesn't, you can't even see much. So um, I went on a bike and it's, it's funny. Yeah. Because I think, because I let go of all my expectations, um, mm. I felt as free as I've never felt. Like it was so awesome. Like I started the bike so far back that I could just ride. And it was really nice because I often say that to people who are just doing an Ironman and no one knows them. I was like, I wish I could do that. I could just ride and no one knows me. And that's a bit how I felt there. I was just like, yeah. I can just ride now. And it doesn't really matter because my race is over anyway. So I just write, wrote, and and then I was like, oh, I'm not even that far back. And when I realized I had like 12 minutes on Lucy, you know, 12 minutes in another race, you'd be like, oh, I lost the race. And then suddenly, because I thought I had half an hour or so, you know, um, mm. loss, it was like a positive news that I only had 12 minutes. So, and then as a psychologist, hard you know like when you actually can trick yourself as like making a positive news it really motivates you so for me that was like motivating that I only had 12 minutes and that's where I started I think my mind started also to click and I, I just started to think see it as like a challenge like how far can I how close can I get and it just was really yeah I could really f feel free and just play and actually really yeah I think it really helped me to then 
you know, not not ha- not not very to blow up to just go. And I mean, also probably because I didn't push hard in the swim, like my my heart rate was low during that swim, and maybe the extra poison of the jelly I don't know what really it was in the end but I I, yeah I felt really amazing on that bike and I think the more the closer I got the more excited I got because I suddenly started to see myself back in a in the race which Mm. I already thought was lost and that feeling was actually really motivating and really in like exciting because I felt I was not really a, a player in the race anymore well, that that is absolutely a fantastic story, and you tell it really wonderfully because it, I, I think anybody that's an athlete has that kind of self talk on those days, right? You're up, you're down, you're up, you're, you're like, yeah. oh, geez, what do I do? And and it's kind of like, do I go back to the hotel room where I'm just going to cry? No, just do something. And it's like this <laughs> constant chipping away at it, and then all of a sudden, you chipped and chipped and chipped, and then boom, mm-hmm. it opened up. I just think that 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 freedom that you felt. Um, I'm really enjoying this conversation because there's so much psychology involved, and and I and I I think that's just really really fun. But that 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 race, you know, like I said, ended up being eight hours and twenty six minutes. I don't think that's going to be touched for a while. I, I could be wrong, but geez, what a performance! Um, so congrats on that one as well. Mm-hmm. And then 2019, unfortunately, you got you got sick, didn't you? Like the day before or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a few days before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you think about not starting that one, or it was because of 2018 with the jelly sting? You're like, ah, oh, well, I might as well do it because <laughs> maybe it'll happen again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I always. I, no, actually, I thought, well, it's not. A, I mean, it's can't be as bad as the jellyfish race. So <laughs> I actually, yeah. no, I. It was for me. It was 2019 was definitely special. I mean, with having the stomach bug like a few days before the race um i was for me it was never really a question if i would race because i was there anyway and i i mean i always try to give it a shot because you never know what happens it's actually the what the story in 2018 taught me the most is like whatever however bad your race is you can still turn it around and it was kind of the same aspect in 219 although having a stomach bug you know for an Ironman race is not very helpful because you, you just really need the energy for the, to race well and um yeah that, that day was definitely not I definitely couldn't cover it or hide it because it was just I was just really low um energy wise mm. and I mean I'm actually really happy I did the race because I don't think I, I think I would have problems if I didn't race and then wondering what happened so at least now I know like it was all I had um I definitely gave my best and I mean I also quite happy I didn't like I just wanted to finish it and somehow try because even in the race when I was back I still thought look whatever like you don't know what's happening you you suddenly might find some energy and there was actually one moment even in the race when I was on on uh, Ali drive where everyone was shouting so loud and I had Maybe I don't know how much how many minutes I had on the on the first place, but it was not. It was maybe fifteen minutes, and I try. I sometimes also like to think crazy, and I was like, "Well, fifteen minutes is still doable in a marathon, you know." And for a while, for like two k, I picked up the pace, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna still catch them." And <laughs> yeah, I, my energy lasted for about I don't even know if it was two k, maybe one k, and then I 
no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, you know, when your, your body is just really empty and that yeah. day it was. And so, yeah, I mean, I wasn't too disappointed. I was, I was disappointed that I couldn't show what I prepared, but I, yeah. I wasn't disappointed with the, um, with the race itself. Like I, it was just all I could do. And in that day, and I mean, when I finished, I was actually happy. I was like, yeah, it's just shit happens, but I, I wasn't angry at myself or anything and I would be angry at myself probably if I wouldn't have tried. Well, I think a lot of the battle for all of us is to just get to the start line. If you can get to the start line somewhat healthy, because I don't think any of us are absolutely (laughs) feeling like we haven't got a tiny niggle or something. It's like just trying to get there. And it's like a lot of these Olympics, you know, and and world championships and things that you've been to, Mm -hmm. half the battle is get there as fit as you can and then just give yourself the opportunity to play the game. Yeah, you know, you come in at eighty percent, get that hundred percent of the eighty percent. That's of it. Yourself. That's what we used to you say know? all the time, isn't it? Yeah, get get. You're better off getting a hundred percent of eighty percent than being a hundred percent and not being able to show it at all because you you just overdid it. One hundred and one percent. Let's call it that. A quick mini break. I really want to encourage you to do something special for yourself and sign up for Athletic Greens and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. If you want to see all your key metrics like your pace, distance, stroke rate and heart rate while you're swimming, you need the Form Smart Swim goggles. Go to formswim.com forward slash Greg that's formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off. Or you can use code GREG15 at checkout. Take advantage of the great sale going on now at Hyperice. Plus get 10% off all Hyperice products using the exclusive Greg Bennett Show discount code GREG21 at checkout. Go to hyperice.com and use code GREG21. Take us through just quickly, you know, a... Uh, do you have a night routine, morning routine, a, a typical training day? You, you come across as somebody who's fairly disciplined um, and regimented. Are you, do you kind of structure your day like that? Um, I'm actually only fake disciplined. I'm not really. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I like routine and kind of like having myself under control, but I actually also like to be lazy, but it doesn't make me feel good. That's why I try not to be lazy. So that's kind of my trick. (laughs) So for example, I mean, I love to sleep in and to actually not get up, but it's just, yeah, like I actually don't really do it so much because I feel better when I get up and do something and train. Um, So yeah, if, I mean, I, like it's, for for example, before the race, I mean, I, I try not to make myself, um, addicted to a routine because that's then again stress so if you need to have your whatever bread the day before the race and if you can't find the bread you're going to lose the race that's very um very self-destructive and very uh yeah like you you're going to feel like in a prison you can't you know you're not flexible so i try to you know have a routine um always do it similar but not having to um, be forced on one thing that's going to make the race. Um, I think mm. I've had so many races in different places where I also learned that it's really not mattering that much what you do. You just have to like actually being relaxed is almost the most important. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's why I try not to stick too much to a routine that I get stressed about, but still have a little bit of a routine that makes me feel comfortable and, and kind of 
to that I feel I, that I know what I'm doing. That um, makes sense. Yeah, but one thing I always have, and that's I mean, is is kind of like a thing. Um, two days before the race, we we often have steak, pasta, and wine, like a glass of wine. And that's I don't know. It's been since the IT days with Magali, DiMarco, and Ivan Shuvey. And yeah, just since I've um, raced in, in the I2, we always somehow did that in the Swiss Triathlon Federation. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we had always nice, nice uh, trips um, back then with uh, even, yeah, with Rita Hoog and Rudy Wald and uh, yeah. Sven Rieder. So, yeah, I don't know. It's that's kind of stuck to, and I still do that, have that glass of red wine. There you go, everybody. There's the tip of the day. Two nights before, steak. And wine. And what else did you And put? some and pasta for the Ironman, yeah. Well, there we go. Laura, you're, you're on the nutrition side of things. What do you think? Perfect. Okay, <laughs> there we go. We've got the two great women telling us that that's what we should be eating, everybody. We're done. <laughs> not every that's day. Great. Yeah, no, I'm not saying every oh, day. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I always take things too far. Yeah, no, no. Um, it's always about the balance. <laughs> <laughs> How many – I mean, this is going to, you know, a bit for – for some of the audience and, and even myself, I like to geek out on this sort of stuff. How, how many sort of hours a week are you, what's your training volume look like um, throughout the year and does it change much? Yeah, I'm actually very boring there because I don't even write down what I do and I don't have a, mm. like, I don't really know the numbers, to be honest. It's, I, so it's something I actually enjoy not to do because um, it gives me the freedom not to cop, trying to copy what I did last year. Um, it's yeah. also kind of yeah. with bread. I think we always, we did similar things, but not trying to copy. Um, when you had a good race, you're trying to copy that. It's never going to work because, you know, your body and your mind might not be at the same stage at that moment. So you can't just copy and think it's going to work. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, in general, the, I think consistency is really what I try to look uh, out for. And that's really just over the whole year. I mean, I, I do have always a break after Kona. Um, and that can be like maybe up to four weeks where I really do very little, um, could be just 30 minutes a day. And, um, I think compared to up to six hours, what we do sometimes is it's definitely very little and, uh, important for the mind. But in general, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do have to, you know, like, I think quality is still more important than quantity. Um, and so the hours, I don't really, really know. I mean, I, I do have, you know, training days where more focused on runs and then more more focused on the mm -hmm. bike. And um, but I'm definitely not up in the mileage on biking or running, which are super crazy. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think you know, with my experience with with Brett coaching, a lot of the way that you described your training there is exactly kind of what I went through. Is you never really knew. It wasn't even on a weekly cycle half the time. It was kind of like every second day was a run day or whatever. And so you, you never really knew what was coming. Mm -hmm. um, and then the run days were often three a days. Did do you ever, I guess you would have done a fair bit of three a day type runs? Yes. Is that kind of? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, we have done that like a lot along the last years. And I mean, of course, it's always changing a little bit. It's different, can be different sessions, but I do like the, the focus days. Um, it is also kind of, it switches your, your daily or your weekly routine so you have one day which is basically more running one day is more biking mm -hmm. and i definitely feel like it's working really well for me um i mean the, the, the kenyan so. days where you run three times an hour pretty much hard is very yeah. it's not much it's like three hours it's not much if you do nothing else next to it but it's quite intense and it definitely feels 
feels like it makes me fitter and also yeah like to not just do slow stuff it's i think it's important to also keep the the uh, the quality well a lot of what brett's training is based on is arthur lydiard who i've mentioned on this show a fair bit and after i left brett myself i i I started studying a lot of arthur lydiard um the great new zealand coach of the 50s and 60s and 70s um just an incredible man that tested a lot on himself and had a lot of success with uh, Japanese and the Finnish athletes um, and and, uh, and the New Zealanders. And so it was just a he was he was a good guy that I think Brett sort of did a lot of a lot of work on. Um, what I'd like to do is just sort of move on. Um, we've taken so much of your time. So, but before we go, you know, end. What's next? What are we? What are we? What are your plans for the year? Being that things go ahead. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it looks quite uh, quite positive at the moment. Uh, with uh, I mean, Ironman Tulsa coming up in ten days, uh, it's mm-hmm. definitely a race I, I look uh, very much forward to it. Um, it's been a while since I could do an Ironman, and I feel like I could I could put in quite a, some good work. And so to to get one an Ironman done, I feels definitely good. Um, and mm-hmm. then yeah, I'll, I'll head home uh, to Switzerland and probably be a bit in yeah around there um there's looks like even in europe there's some races going to happen so that's exciting um yeah. i think the collins cup end of august definitely um should take place as well and and then uh yeah most likely i'll be back in st george for the ironman worlds ironman 70.3 worlds in uh, september and then pretty much on the way to kona so yeah it feels it feels great that to see that actually the season Mm. takes form i mean i feel like i already had like a bit of a season even just now being able to do the these two and then next uh, next week but yeah it's it's motivating i think um especially because it's been kind of a dry dry year of of racing um it definitely feels good to have that you know goal again um and opportunities to actually show what what we did in the last year and did i see um is the Triple Crown happening? Because you won the Million Dollar Triple Crown a couple of years ago, yeah. right? And yeah, then, one time, yeah, in 2015, yeah. 2015, mm-hmm. so that wasn't a bad year. No, nope. <laughs> that was an intense year, yeah. Um, and so that was a Million Dollar bonus, and that was for winning 70.3 Dubai, World Champs, and Bahrain 70.3. That's happening again, right? And you've already just won 70.3 Dubai. Yeah. Is that back on the calendar no, it was actually i didn't even i didn't plan that at all i didn't know that dubai was part like i didn't know the triple crown would would be on and i just decided to go to dubai because um rudy was making advertising that he's gonna go there and he's gonna book the flights and uh, we're gonna have a little swiss trip and i i was keen that you know to do some race so yeah, it was. It. I mean, we'll see. I mean, first, I think. I mean, you got a long way. To yeah, go, it's a long yeah. way to go. I think in general, after Kona, it, it. I mean, first you have to become world champion on a very, very difficult course in St. George. Yeah. I think um, that will be the the next step, and then um, after that, I can still then see if I need to think further. But I think to win um, seven point three worlds in St. George will be a. A tough one. Um, it will be a hard race. So I think I'll focus on that, and then we'll see. I mean, that's what makes them special, though, isn't it? The harder, the harder the foot battle, the more special the win is. Um, so a couple of questions before we we let you go. Um, a, a couple of serious ones to start, and then we'll have a bit of fun. Um, have you got one sort of tip for people on how to optimize their lives? I mean, you've already given so much in this episode, but is there anything that stands out to you that you kind of say to somebody? 
in order to optimize their life or their performance. Well, I, in any I don't know if I'm a, a life coach, but I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe from this episode, I think you've got a lot of wisdom there. So. Yeah. I mean, I can, I don't know. It's, I always struggle to give advice because I think it's very personal to any, like everyone needs different advice, but I can only kind of speak for me. And I think what really helps me, helped me is to, yeah, if you see an opportunity that feels right, um, go for it. I think that's one mm. one way I always, yeah, made good decisions. Listen to my my uh, gut feeling um, when you feel something, when you're excited about something. Um, don't like don't do it because you're afraid. Um, if you feel it could be interesting, go for it because you never know where this path is going to lead you. And I, I, that's how I definitely came my way and I'm I'm really happy with my path even not everything I did was um always great but I felt like I learned from everything and I could definitely experience things which probably I never would have done if I would maybe been too afraid to to do it gee that's a great answer and you know Jake Burt Whistle was very similar he was talking about opportunity you know when he was young um Delhi Carr, the photographer, sports photographer, much the same. I think it's, I think that's been a really great one and a really great takeaway to share with everybody that look, you know, opportunities all around. You got to keep your eyes open yeah. and then grab it when it's there. Yeah. Um, okay, next question. If, if you could sit down and have a coffee with any living person, who would it be and why? Is there anybody that you're like, ah, oh, that'd be awesome? Yeah, I'd love to have coffee with you too. <laughs> oh, uh, best answer. Yeah, no, I'm We're serious. I would love that. One day we should really uh, oh. do that. Well, we probably Anytime. have. We'll start with a coffee and we'll move over to a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no mistake. <laughs> now, Sounds I wanted good. to, if you, if you bear with us, I want to do this is a bit of fun. I've started adding to some of the episodes, which is I, I enjoy. And it's 15 fun sort of rapid fire questions um if you don't have an answer you can say pass mm -hmm. um but it's just a little bit of fun so here's a softball one to start with what is your favorite family vacation family vacation hmm. where would you I, like to go i i don't know i haven't really had lots of vacations <laughs> hey, Vegas, Vegas. yeah no anyway. not with the family no <laughs> i mean somewhere yeah sedona is, would be perfect for family vacation there yeah. you go yeah, I love it. Okay, who would you dream of having a head-to-head -head duel to the finish with at Kona Ironman? Jan Frodino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. If I get an, an hour head start, maybe. <laughs> no way. That is the answer we're keeping, and I love it. Uh, okay, um, this is a bit of a self-reflection one. What would you change about yourself if you could? You can say pass or nothing. Yeah. Can I also I'm totally awesome. I'm totally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing on that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I Pass? I'm, Just, pass. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't think I would want to change myself because that's just who I am, even though I'm I'm far away from perfect, but – I don't know. No, but you're in a good place, and I can tell that the whole way through this show. You, 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 I like me. Yeah, period. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's good. Um, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Um, enjoy the path you go. 
I yeah. I mean, I did enjoy it, but I was always very, very driven. So there were, were times where I didn't really enjoy it so much because I really mm-hmm. was like very eager to to get better. So I think in the end, I mean, that's probably why I got better, but in, in general <laughs> also to, you know, enjoy the way, like enjoy your journey. I think that's definitely mm-hmm. important. That's a good one. Really good. Out of 10, how cool would you say you are? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Not cool just, enough. Well, you, wear those, you wear those square hats and everything. Yeah, well, that doesn't make you cool. You <laughs> can't. Cool is like character, isn't it? That's not what you wear. No, it's both. It's both. Yeah. It's like how you, what you well, wear. I, how you I would say halfway cool, maybe five. A five? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you've just downplayed it. Everybody, Daniela Riff is at least a nine. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And all you need to make it as a 10 is ride a Harley Davidson. That's what <laughs> okay. Outside of triathlon, if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would it be? Um, and you'd be really good at it. Oh, you'd be the best in the world at it. Yeah. Well, oh, you mean like a sport? Well, well sp- no, or anything. Like a- or business. What about business? Business. You could, yeah. Or running, run- running your own company. Yeah. Or country. Um, no, <laughs> coming into a board meeting as the CEO. No, just that I don't know. <laughs> All right, we can just no. say pass yeah, on that I, one. I, let me let me give me two seconds. Um, I don't know. I'm happy with with what I do. No, I don't know. Yeah, maybe a businesswoman. Yeah, but I, I can oh, still yeah. do that later. I'm not that old yet. No. no, you're not no, that old. We've talked we, about that yeah, already. <laughs> Absolutely are. Okay. Here's a really important one, and you're probably going to have to think about this one for a while. Which would you rather do, wash dishes, mow the lawn, clean the bathroom, or vacuum the house? Um, what's the, 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 the grass, like the… Mow the lawn? Long. Yeah. Which, okay, like a that. little robot, though, oh. like we can sit on and drive. That was so good to say. <laughs> Right on, or is it a little push one? Well, you can no, I always, it's yeah. funny, but I always like that smell of mound grass. It reminds me of my childhood. I don't know. It's just my dad used Fresh. to do it when, I don't know. It's just we played in the garden and he would mow the lawns or something. Perfect. Yeah, it's like summer feeling. Okay. So a movie's going to come out about your life. Who do you want to play you? Oh, I don't think anyone. Because I would just be annoyed of if they don't get it right. Just <laughs> <laughs> play myself. Yeah, I'll I'll yeah I would not. Let I don't do think it. I would want to have a movie about myself, to be honest. <laughs> well, so, all right. Um, is there a product that you'd refuse to promote? Um, yeah, there's many. I mean, cigarettes or unnecessary things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, if you had a time machine, would you travel to the future or back to the past? I don't like time machines. I think it's No, I I think we should live in the now. That's like one of the yeah. biggest uh, kind of God, you sound like Laura. I My agree. goodness. <laughs> I don't want to go back there. No, yeah, I, yeah. I'm happy what happened, I, but I really would not want to go back in, anywhere. 
And I also I, would not want to know what happens in five years. It's just that would be so sad to know. I've got very rational women with me, everybody. I'm doing my best here. <laughs> okay, here's one. Now, hopefully this one will have an answer. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Talk to animals. That would yes. be very good. That's the hit. I haven't seen that. Because you can always you know, get one of those little apps on your phone for the other mm. languages for people. Yeah. Um, Some people, yeah. Okay, really the most important question of the show which decade of music is the best <laughs> um i think i'm like a 2000 girl like the zeros or how do you call it yeah, yeah. the noughties the noughties but how do you say that the, the noughties the noughties yeah like not i guess not ah uh, from okay for zero yeah. is that right yeah, yeah i don't know North yeah North that's the well, that's when i was okay yeah sure was it all right, and uh, last couple: invisibility or super strength. If you had a superpower, which one would you want? Invisib. Uh, what's that? The other one? Invisibility. Invisibility. Nobody can see. Yeah, it. that would be cool. I like that. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I like to be underestimated or like, yeah. 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 Can't be seen. Okay. Most recent show you've watched on Netflix? Uh, the Queen. The whole okay. thing. Isn't it so great? Good. Yeah, it's good. Loved, yeah. It. Loved it. Poor Philip just passed away. That's true. But that was a great um, great show. Uh, if you won $100 million tax-free in the lottery, how would you spend it? That's our final question. I would first build everyone I like a house. Oh. And then, I don't know, I don't think you can even spend that much money. Give it to people who can use it. Daniela, do you like us? <laughs> oh, yeah um, oh, come on you had to you won demo in a few times <laughs> I, I remember that one i was like I, I was on that start line and i still remember oh laura won two hundred thousand dollars that's insane i remember that i would have been yeah and then you've gone off the, yeah the million dollars so how did the million feel yeah how the million feel then <laughs> Go five times. Yeah. yeah. I, I also had a man and it's that was a lot of pressure, life. actually. I never I it's it's as weird as it sounds, but to have if you know um if you race it's it's weird to go to race where you know like it's so much on the line for money. I didn't like the feeling so much. It was mm. it felt mm -hmm. you race different. You race like protective. Yeah. Mm. Um mm. I was definitely very, very nervous because I felt it was like my one lifetime chance. But yeah. I, I also, I mean, it's nervous, but I, I always felt like those big, big money ones, I had the similar in sort of, yeah. what was it, 2007 when I had to win the fifth race for the Grand Slam or whatever and the big bonus. And But I look back now and you might later in your life, is it's probably when I was probably most alive, when it, so, it mattered so much. Um because it's hard to find that kind of feeling sometimes when you're not an athlete. Yeah, to optimize your opportunity. Yeah. Essentially what you're trying to do. Mm. How do you mean? Like when you win it then? Or, or how do you mean when you... The pressure of going into it where you have it. to win. Where you have to win. Yeah. It, it's like a... It's ugly, but it's also awesome. It's like a... It's a. It's conflicting. Yeah, but, but I, I like it better when it's about the world championship where it's like you... It's about um, when it's... You're going to be facing the best in the world and... It's like that you that day you're the best mm -hmm. in the world, 
I like that a lot more than if. And everybody has the same pressure, right? Everybody's got the same. Pressure yeah, exactly. Going, yeah. Where I was the only one who could win it, so it felt yeah. different. But I mean, it, what what I thought was uh, interesting is when I came back from 2015 because I, that's the year I won Kona for the first time, and then I mm. was in Thailand for like four weeks, and then I went straight to Bahrain, and I came back so first time to Switzerland. And everyone wanted to know how it feels to be a, um, a millionaire. And no one asked me how it feels to be a world champion. And this, I thought <laughs> it was very sad. I, I didn't like that. that. Is so for me, yeah. I mean, I, I would still say um, the win in Kona 215 was, for me, was emotionally was was the biggest thing. You know, when you can, I mean, after 214, not being able to win so for so close and then come back and win it. Um, and that that was, that felt really like amazing where yeah to 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 win the the triple crown was a lot of pressure and i felt very privileged to have that opportunity uh but it was also more of a relief you know i was just like okay Mm -hmm. okay it's done (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, i don't talk about it anymore i just wanted that yeah danielle this has been so much so fun hasn't it just been great just to catch up and 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 like we've said during the show i can't wait for us all to get together and have a coffee a beer or wine or whatever it is um but i'm really personally i'm just really impressed at your maturity your growth what you've learned and your journey and your your process you've you know we've we've always admired you and and definitely from afar watching these last five ten you know eight years and your performances but just to be able to spend this time to speak with you and just to hear I don't know, just to really hear a glimpse behind the eyes of a champion like we have, it's been really special today. So thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for having me. It was, was really, really nice talking to you guys. Yeah, you too. Now, where people can follow you, Instagram, I'll put all that in the show notes. What, what, what's the name of your Instagram? Um, just Daniela Reef. Oh, yeah, you've got one of those great names. <laughs> um <laughs> All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. This was uh, an incredible episode. I truly appreciate it. And um, I I appreciate everybody for their feedback and all, you know, all the sharing of the show. It's really wonderful. And you can find all the show notes, timestamps, and the links and coupon codes at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. Thanks again, Danielle. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed the show, your support would truly be appreciated. You can visit the Patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Don't miss the next episode, so subscribe and be notified. For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.